Hello, podcast listeners. On this episode, we will be doing the part two of the mystery of the manger book. I hope all you guys and gals will enjoy this wonderful episode. And also, with this being part two, we also will have a bonus episode be released today, which will be the Bible study. If it does be released as this recording, we haven't done the Bible study yet, but there should be a bonus episode of the Bible study being released this week. And if not, it will be released next week, Wednesday. But again, we will be doing Mystery of the Manger Part 2, and I hope you all enjoy this wonderful book. Alrighty, let's move on and read this book. Mary's Pregnancy and Joseph's Faithfulness. And again, we will be reading the second nine pages of this book, and then on the next episode, we will read the last nine. Luke tells about the birth of John and the Baptist, a subject on which Matthew is silent. So Luke 1, 5 through 25 stands on its own without need of reconciliation. However, we move into the foretelling of Jesus' birth. Matthew fills out the story with information we can find in Luke, namely Joseph's angel dreams and his obedience to the Lord. Reading about Joseph's experience helped us make sense of Mary's. In particular, it's commonly believed that Mary, the unwed mother-to-be, faced scorn and shame from her own family and others in Nazareth. When her pregnancy was discovered, but Matthews tells us Joseph resolved to divorce her quietly, 119. In other words, no one saved the angel Gabriel. Mary and others and Joseph knew that she was expecting otherwise. The divorce could hardly have taken place quietly. Since Luke doesn't include Joseph's plan to divorce Mary or the visitation of an angel in Joseph's dreams, we can't be sure whether Mary told Joseph about her pregnancy and then went on to stay with her cousin Elizabeth or if she shared the big news when she came to to excuse me when she came back it seems more likely however that Mary broke the news to Joseph after she returned from her trip since Luke tells us Mary went with haste to see Elizabeth in Judea Coming back home to Nazareth at about three months along Luke 156, Mary would have successfully avoided her family and neighbors. During the worst of of her mothering sickness, but the her body may have begun to show signs of pregnancy. Joseph's decision concerning divorce would have needed to be made quickly. And that is the sense that we gain from Matthew, who tells us that Joseph did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. When he woke up from sleep, once Jesus, excuse me, when sleep 
1 24 once joseph resolved to believe god's messenger and his beloved the couple began living together as husband and wife they did not consume consummate their marriage until jesus was born any rumors circulating about mary's supposed impriority would have lost transaction even though mary's baby bump may have lost traction or may have begun to show just as she started her married life with Joseph, there's little reason to believe it would have given her pregnancy away. Mary would not have worn the types of tight-fitting clothes we were today, and at the end of her first trim setter, there would be little to notice anyway. And besides, once Joseph took Mary into home, as his wife, there would be no need to keep the secret. She could be pregnant, though publicity not quite as far along, without fear of humiliation. According to Luke 2, 5, Mary and Joseph are still betrothed, and rather than married, when they head to Bethlehem in first century Israel, Betrothal was a much deeper commitment than modern Western engagement. Once a couple was both betrothed, they were for all betrothed. They were all for all intents and purposes legally married. This is why Joseph was pondering divorce, not only breaking off the engagement, but Luke notes their status as betrothed because their marriage has not yet been consummated. Even though Joseph has Mary took into his home, she is still a virgin. John by John, excuse me, dash John Grego, manager king. There's another reason to believe that Mary's pregnancy was never considered scandalous. If the gossips in Nazareth had thought Jesus was conceived, in sin, such a rumor would have been prime ammunition for Jesus' enemies to use during his preaching and healing ministry. Jesus' opposing brought up other details from his background to prove he wasn't a prophet, let alone about the Messiah, see John 7.52. Yet we don't hear an accusation from illegitimate birth leveled against Jesus. The closest we get to such an institution is in Mark's Gospel when Jesus is preaching in the synagogue at Nazareth. Those gathered there are astonished at his teaching and say, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph, excuse me, Joseph, and Judeus and Simon? Hmm. Very interesting. And are not his sisters here with us? 6-3, Epistus added. But the people who ask these questions are not Pharisees or scribes or priests. The ones who would plot against Jesus years later. These are just regular folks, members of the community, who had known Jesus most of his life, and most likely they refer to him as son of Mary. 
rather than son of Joseph, because Joseph had already passed away. Some scholars understand the Pharisees' response to Jesus as recorded in John 8:41. We are not born of sexual immortality as a we are not born of sexual immortality as a slanderous accusation against Jesus percentage. But the context there specifically concerns the Jews' connection to Alabama and excuse me, Abraham, and not Jesus' family line. And since John was no mention of the virgin birth in his gospel, it seems unlikely that he intends for his readers to see something there between the lines. John Grego, Manager King. There is no indication of scripture that Mary was publicly viewed as an adulteress because scripture is not shy about recording a negative pulp, excuse me, public comments made about Jesus and his followers. It is a reasonable assumption that Mary was not regarded in this way. These nativity accounts in Matthew and Luke are not primarily about Joseph and Mary, though both of their lives provide us with beautiful examples of unfettered submission to the Lord. Joseph, it appears, never before the public embarrassment of Mary marrying a young woman, whom everyone thought unfaithful, and Mary was not considered the town of Harlot, suffering shame for a sin she did not she didn't commit. Instead, God provided for the couple and made a way through a seemingly impossible situation. After all, it would be Jesus who would marry a truly unfaithful bride, and it would be Jesus who would suffer for sins he never committed. Those burdens were his to bear, and all the glory for doing so belongs to him alone. Let me read that again, Paul listeners. After all, it would be Jesus who would marry a truly unfaithful bride. Hmm. That's strange why that's added into there, because we know Jesus never looked for a significant other. He only came here to bring the word. The journey to Bethlehem and Jesus' birth. Only Luke tells us about the Romaine Cenus that brought Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. But he doesn't tell us precisely when. The journey to Bethlehem and Jesus' birth. Only Luke tells us about the Romaine Cenus that brought Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. But he doesn't tell us precisely when on Mary's pregnancy timetable. The trip took place. All he says is that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, 2 and 6. It's often assumed that registering for the census would take only a few days. So it must have been that Mary was full term when Joseph got the call to go to Bethlehem and Mary came along because of the very real possibility she could give birth at any moment. Alternatively, it's been supposed that Mary went with Joseph because the people of Nazareth had turned against her when they discovered she was pregnant. But neither of these scenarios seems likely, in my opinion. If neither of these scenarios seem likely, in my opinion, if Mary were about to have her baby, traveling would be a strange thing to do it would make more sense even if joseph had been called out of town 
for Mary to even, if Joseph had been called out of town, for Mary to stay at home, surrounded by her family, perhaps being helped by her own mother. And as we've already seen, it doesn't appear that Mary ever faced public shame over her pregnancy. If Mary went to Bethlehem with Joseph because of her parents and her neighbors outscrized her because of her parents and neighbors outscrized her again and again so severely, then again, why didn't such a scandal, not a small thing in conservative Jewish circles of the first century, follow Jesus into his ministry? I'd like to suggest that it was by choice that Mary went with Joseph to Bethlehem that the couple may have been there for some time before Jesus was born. And for good, excuse me, and that they may have been planning to stay in Bethlehem for good. I realized these suggestions may sound absurd given the Christmas plays we've all seen, but I think it makes the gospel's best sense of details included into the two gospels concerning Jesus Christ. The angel Gabriel told Mary he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Luke 1, 32-33 Similarly, the angel who appeared to Joseph in a dream said that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Matthew one twenty to twenty one. Mary and Joseph knew that Jesus would be the Messiah, and as faithful Jews, they would know they would have known the Messiah was supposed to come from Bethlehem, David's hometown. I imagine there was a smile across Joseph's face when he was ordered to Bethlehem for the census. So that's how God is going to get us to Bethlehem to the baby can be born there. He must have thought the prophecy linking the Messiah to Bethlehem says, But you, O Bethlehem, he prayeth, who are too little to be among the clans of Judea, from you shall come forth for me, who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, I'm old, from ancient days, Micah 5, 2. It seems that Mary and Joseph saw this verse not only as indication of the coming of the king's, of, of the king's birthplace, but also of his hometown. So Mary and Joseph may have planned to relocate to Bethlehem for good, to raise Jesus there. In the same time, place where their ancestor David and had grown up. The family, of course, does not return to Nazareth, and Jesus grows up there in Galilee. But there is a mention of other intentions in Matthew's gospel. Sometime after Jesus is born in Bethlehem, an angel warns Joseph of Herod's intention to kill the child and instructs him to escape to Egypt with Mary and Jesus. When Herod dies, the angel once again appears to Joseph and tells him it's safe to return to Israel. So they make arrangements to head back. But when Joseph heard that the 
Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, 2.22. Did you catch that? Joseph and Mary had planned to go back to Judea, not to Nazareth. When they returned home from Egypt, their original trip to the city of David from the census, it seems, was supposed to have been a permanent move. Mary and Joseph's arrival in Bethlehem was often portrayed as frantic rather than as part of a plan. The scene usually plays out like this. Excuse me, Paul, because listeners. The scene usually plays out like this. They reach town late at night, only to search unsuccessfully for a comfortable place to stay. There's no place for them in the inn, Luke 2 and 7, but at least a couple finds someone willing to let them hunker down in a stable or perhaps a cave so that Mary, now well into her labor, can give birth to the Son of God and place him in a manger. But if the couple were planning to stay and staying in Bethlehem for a duration, it only seems right that they would have made better travel arrangements. And even if moving to Bethlehem was only an afterthought dreamed up by Joseph while in Egypt, now where does the Bible suggest that Mary went into labor? And the night she and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem again, Luke simply tells us while they were there, the time came for her to give birth to six. They may have arrived a day, a week, or even several months before it was time for Mary to have her baby. There is simply no reason to believe that Mary and Joseph were in a panic or that God's provision for the couple was manger. In any way, I'm sure there were a few surprises for Mary and Joseph that night Jesus was born. But something more in line with that other expectant parents goes. Some will object that since the couple tries to find lodging at an inn, they must have just arrived in Bethlehem as Mary started to feel contractions in the use of a manger for a makeshift. Cradle shows that Jesus was born in a stable or a cave surrounded by animals. But the word that has been traditionally by animals, excuse me, but in the word that was traditionally translated in in Luke's gospel is probably better understood as guest room. It's the same word used later in Luke to describe the upper room where Jesus and his disciples shared Passover meal on the night he was arrested and tried. Mary and Joseph were not hoping to make last-minute hotel reservations. Rather, they were likely staying in the home of some Joseph's relatives. After all, his family was born, was from Bethlehem. But because of so many people were in the town of Ferdinand and the guest room was otherwise occupied, Mary was given a lower room and the small house in which to labor 
it would have been the place where animals batted down on cold nights, though there was no mention of animals being housed there that night. But also, the most comfortable and private room in an otherwise crowded house. Such a room would have been a common feature for houses in Israel during the first century. This version of events may also be supported by Matthew's Gospel, which tells us that the family was staying in a house in Bethlehem. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinus was govern, governor of Syria, and all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was one of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his, his, his betrothed, who was with child, Luke 2, 1 through 5. The night Jesus entered this world, God provided abundantly in ways we may not have previously realized. Despite being far from home in a strange new city, Mary had a place to stay, a husband to care for, and a healthy birth. When God calls us, he equips us. But the greatest way to the greatest way, excuse me, he rescued Mary that night was not by giving her a roof over her head or safety during childbirth. God gave Mary that which we all disparently need a savior. That first Christmas night, he was given to all who received him. But Mary alone was afforded the honor of laying his head down to rest inside a straw-filled manger. Also, Paul, as listeners, I didn't notice till actually when I started my second part, you know, doing this um, little three op- three-parter opener for this Mystery in a Manger book, I just realized that the people who made this book is part of our Daily Bread Ministries. So again, if you want to go check them out, this is not no sponsorship. This is non-sponsorship. I'm just telling you because I like it. It's made from the Daily Bread Ministries. This is made from the people who made it. And their little series is called the Discovery Series. And the book is made by John Grego. So again, if you want to order it, look on eBay, Amazon, Google, whatever, and search up Mystery of the Manger, exploring the whole story of Christmas so you can buy this book and purchase it. And again, the people who made it is our Daily Bread Ministries. That's what it's called, the Daily Bread Ministries. Non-sponsorship, just a little commercial break to give you guys a little info how to get this book. Alrighty, guys, let's move on to the next segment. The Shepherds and the Wise Men The Gospel accounts keeps the shepherds and the wise men far apart, just like a classic creech with herdsmen on one side of the manger and mangy on the other. The wise men follow a star in the east and travel to Bethlehem to find the king of the Jews, but they make an appearance only in Matthew. Angels burst through the nightmare sky, nighttime sky, to tell shepherds in the fields about the birth of Messiah. But their sense plays out. In Luke, the two groups of unexpected worshippers never met. The shepherds, according to Luke, seek out Jesus 
on the night he was born. 2.11.15 The wise men, unlikely their counterparts in our nativity scenes, don't arrive until some time later. It's been suggested that they came to Bethlehem some two years after Jesus was born. This may be the case, as it fits the timeline the wise men gave to Herod concerning the star that appeared in the sky. They said it showed up two years prior to their coming, Matthew 2.16. And as we've already seen, it seems Mary and Joseph had planned to settle in Bethlehem following the birth of Jesus, 2.22. If the wise men really did arrive when the Lord was a toddler, then we should not be surprised to find a family still living in Judea. But what are we to do with Luke, who seems to have Joseph, Mary, and Jesus leaving the region much sooner? He tells us, according to to the law, excuse me, and when they have performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they return into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. 2.39 This statement comes immediately following Jesus' dedication in the temple when he's only a few weeks old. Because of isolated reading of Luke makes it appear that Joseph, Mary, Jesus were only very short-term residents of Bethlehem. Some have argued that maybe our nativity scenes are too far after all, that the wise men must have shown up when Jesus was still a newborn. But this can't be the case. When Joseph and Mary bring Jesus to the temple, they offer a sacrifice for Mary's perfection prescribed for the poor a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Oh, Oh, wow. Very interesting. Well, all right, Paul, as as I think it's about that time. This was a very interesting part, learning about the word and, you know, learning about Jesus and even knowing, you know, we always hear the story every year about him being born, the wise men and so on. But, you know, I really like this book because it's really breaking down the steps into three different chapters, or should I say four, whichever chapters. I, I believe it's three chapters in this book. That really breaks down everything that's talking about it. And I really like it. And I really enjoy it. And I know it's messing up sometimes. But the way how this book is made with so much proper words. Such as however and other words. I'm not used to this in my vocabulary. I'm used to just talking normally. With normal tone. Normal attitude. Normal communication skills. But. With using so much big words such as however and many more, it's just very kind of difficult to, you know, calculate my mind with reading that type of way. But again, this is another episode of Mystery of the Manger. This is number two, and I hope you guys will enjoy tomorrow's episode, which will be released Thursday and also I will have a bonus episode be released Thursday. That's an interview with my grandmother. And also, I might, and I might, knowing that I do release episodes every Monday and Friday on this podcast, but I might won't release a podcast episode Friday because it's Christmas. But if I do, it will be a video game review on God of War. So if you ever played that game called God of War, 
um it's a action adventure game and all this talk about my review because you know this past sunday i just finished the game and i'm so happy i'm done because the game took about a good hours and i heard on google it takes about 25 to 30 hours 35 hours to finish but it only took me like maybe five days to finish it not five days straight but different days out of this month and last month to finish it but again the game was great game was good and um, i enjoyed it so thank you for um watching this podcast episode and i hope you guys have a blessed and wonderful day